For sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Jay. And Peter, it's not just another episode. I know. I wasn't sure if I should, like, mix up the opening. But, like, I'm so used to it by now. Like, I think I say it in my sleep sometimes. No, no. We've we've come this far, and we haven't really changed that open since day one. So why, why, why choose now? Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, how soon is now? (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, like, like Morrissey. Um, hey, that's Smith's. It's not just yes. Morrissey. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's be clear. <laughs> so, um, uh, so shut your we mouth, were... right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Yes. <laughs> I go about things the wrong way. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I'm human. Yeah. And I need to be loved. Yeah. Just like Anyways. Else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as uh, I was uh, not so subtly alluding to, we are at episode five, zero, not 10, 20, 30 or 40 or 60, 50. Uh, we've we've made it exactly halfway through the 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 centennial of uh, of the Maple Leafs, a century of horrors uh, left for them. But uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it, you know, you, you reach 50, which which anniversary is that the golden anniversary, Pete? I feel like silver's. The I have absolutely that... no clue. Well, I mean, if you said something there with any amount of like confidence in your voice, I would have totally believed you. So, yeah, I'm glad that we've um, uh, established that it's you are actually a the true toilet human. paper. It's a toilet paper anniversary. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, sponsored by Charmin. Yeah, Charmin. Enjoy the um, go. <laughs> enjoy... Oh Lord, there's there's yeah. our. The... That would have been one way to announce if we had them as a sponsor. That would have been yeah. Great. It's going to be um, our first sponsor. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, speaking um, of which, by the way, did you know that um, this weekend uh, I got a box and I made a whole bunch of food out of it? And let me tell you about all the different recipes I was able to make. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. That was, that was pretty right. good. Uh, enough joking around. Well, right. Let's just say, for any prospective ad people listening, we know yeah. how to do this. The ball's <laughs> yeah. in your court. The puck yeah. is in your zone. Exactly. Shoot yeah. it over the glass, get a two minute minor <laughs> penalty and lose the game. Oh, perfect. and watch it all through SeatGeek. That is yeah. your best way to get tickets for the big game. And make sure while you're in your seat, you are logged into monkey knife fight to get all your prop bets, <laughs> all your stuff set up. That's a special shout out to Mr. Scott Cullen out there covering there monkey knife fight stuff. There you go. Okay, oh, so so you had a really good idea you. to start off this podcast. So so what was it? Because I, I I know what it is, but I want our listeners to know. Well, um, we wanted to uh, do something that's um, first of all we don't we we're not we don't have a special guest this week uh, due to scheduling concerns and whatnot. We we had to uh, postpone, um, and then Pete almost uh, was eaten by a rancor. That was mm. an interesting delay that we had to go through last week. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, since it's just a, a Pete and uh, Jay edition of this For Sure podcast to celebrate episode 50, we decided that um, instead of making it some sort of like circle jerk for us, right? Like we wanted to actually look back at the last 50 years 
of the NHL and and with the divine power that's been given to us, maybe make some, you know, let's, we wanted to talk about maybe some of our best, uh, our favorite moments that have happened in the last 50 years in the NHL and, and maybe change something, maybe alter the outcome, maybe think of something completely different or, or maybe things that we think that they got right on the first go around. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, conundrum because there's obviously I think more than 50 things people <laughs> would want to yeah. change over 50 years. And obviously there's not just one thing per year, but well, I mean, if you think be- about it, we have twice that many all time great hockey players and absolutely none of them are left out. So, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. already definitively under no uh, criticism and controversy already figured that out. So we figured yeah. we'd have something that could maybe rival that perfect list in its, uh, oh, okay. its glory. So, so um, can, can I go first? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, Pete, you should lead us off. Cause I, I know you, I know you have, I know you have moments. So let's, so let's dig. So in. I think, I think the idea here is to go with, what, what do we decide on? Like about three each roughly. Yeah. Give or take? Yeah. We, okay. yeah. We've got, you know, there's, there's some stuff in passing we would probably mention, but yeah, overall, you know, there's, we wanted to take our our, our top moments, so yeah. um, you know, so, I would say you know let's let's just let's just okay. have fun with it. Now, obviously, we're going to probably go back at least a little bit to the hockey memories of our youth because those are the formative experiences that shape our fandom. So, I am going to go back to 1992, 1993, a year in which. The upstart New York Islanders shocked the Pittsburgh Penguins and the hockey world by defeating them in game seven and going on to play against the Montreal Canadiens. However, as I'm sure any fan of hockey at the time who was following the Islanders or at least paying attention would remember, there was a problem with the Islanders that year in the playoffs and they were without their leading scorer, a certain gentleman named Pierre Turgeon, because of a one of the most cowardly, ridiculous, <laughs> unbelievably Bush League trash hockey plays I have ever experienced watching. I obviously wasn't there, which was <laughs> Dale Hunter crushing Pierre Turgeon into the boards while he was celebrating a goal. And Turgeon was knocked out for, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think he came back in the Montreal series, but obviously it was one of those things where he wasn't, you know, anywhere close to 100%. And I do think that, you know, being an Islander fan growing up, I was too young to really experience the glory days. And having, you know, Dale Hunter do that and kind of take away, uh, you know, the Islanders best player. And of course, I mean, they were able to beat Pittsburgh, but you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you throw everything you have at the wall and you give it everything you got and you kind of don't have as much left as you'd you'd like. Um, And so, you know, obviously it's always interesting to wonder what could have been. So that's going to be one of my moments. What about you? Uh, I will also go back to around that time because as a Chicago boy growing up in Chicago and witnessing the ridiculousness that is Jeremy Roenick, Chris Chelios, Ed Belfour, 
um, my first moment, I would love to change it. I would have loved for them to win at least one of those years. They, everybody was expecting them to to maybe win a couple in in that um, in that peak time for that specific team. And it's just, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love hearing all the stories in the aftermath, especially from my dad, because because he was working in in Chicago sports broadcast at the time, and he was covering those teams and just hearing about how like just the utter <laughs> it's so funny to th- and I, again Mr. Belfort if you're listening I'm, I I really don't mean to make fun of you or make it sound like I make fun of you but like the utter the utter implosion of Ed Belfort <laughs> is like one of my favorite like aftermath stories cuz it's just it's just a guy who's just that's just the toughest stuff to go through cuz you work so hard to get to that moment and then you're just strung out and and like people are finding you drunk on your front lawn level stuff it's just mm. Man, just the aftermath stuff. But I would, but I just, as a kid growing up, I would have loved for uh, at least one of those years to just be, especially maybe that last year um, at Chicago Stadium, because you know, just the, the the whole what ifs of being able to have just that powerhouse team being able to, you know, Ronick is the you know the game to 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 continue the series in 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 overtime. I actually posted a video of it because I had actually pretty pretty good. Uh, DVD VHS transfer of the of the second to last game at the old Chicago Stadium, and I'm just imagining just them taking a victory lap with Cup on on that ice in that old barn. Is just I, I I really wish that's something that could have come to pass. So, but you know, I'm not saying I regret anything that's come after, but I would say, you know, the first and foremost thing I'd like to have happened was at least give them one of those. And then maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't have had to deal with the severe onslaught of entitled brats in 2009 for the most recent uh, Colossus Goliath that was the Blackhawks. So, so that's my first one. What do you be? What do you got, Pete? I'm going to kind of go a little bit off the beaten path here, a little bit outside of the strike zone, if you will. And great. great. I am going to talk about hockey video games. Oh, okay. And I am going to say that in my alternate universe, the team that made NHL 2K, whatever years it was, would take over for EA and make NHL hockey games because their games were always more innovative. They always had more features. They always had more cool things. And the commentary did seem to be different from year to year, as opposed to the last five years of listening to in the shadow of the scoreboard. Um, and so <laughs> I really think that if um, I know, I, I, I think is, is it is the studio 2K It's you know, it's the group that made 2K sports. I, um, I think yeah, that's what yeah. they were, right. Yeah. Um, so yep. if, if that group were able to, you know, win the NHL contract and have all the licenses, et cetera, as opposed to EA, I do think the hockey games would be a little bit better, maybe a lot bit better. <laughs> maybe a lot bit better. Yep. I will now be uh, assimilating that into my lexicon. Thank you, Peter. You're for welcome. Awakening my oh, I say that all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, well, I should know. Yeah. You've been saying it all the time on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. I like that. I, I actually would love to see that parallel universe. Cause I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like I, I never really had anything too much against the EA stuff, mm. mostly because they were able to have 
um, Jim Houston and Craig Simpson, which I got to tell you, Pete, and, and, and my buddy Rob can, can attest to this. Um, NHL, uh, NHL 06, um, that was like the first EA game that I just like heavily kept playing over and over, making custom teams, making mega making mega teams out of. But my favorite thing that always happened was every anytime you're, where it was a close game and a scoring chance would happen, Jim Houston would make the call like, great save, Luongo. And then Craig Simpson in the most straight-up serious voice said, wow, Jim, that would have been game over. <laughs> like, and and oh, not man. just just – I, I I should really fire up the the old original Xbox One hmm. and and to because I think I still have the equipment to be able to record video game streams and I'd love to just get as many of the sound samples as possible because hmm. I personally think that that the EA NHL games peaked when they when they were able to have Houston because Houston's the voice of 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 hockey in Canada right now I mean he's and he's just about to get the Foster Hewitt Award so it's about yeah. damn time for that but. Um, Wait. So, so are you second... saying? Are you saying that it would be interesting to listen to, let's say, an NHL '94 era game sound? Be- oh yeah, absolutely. Be- well, listeners, guess what? Hang on for another half hour to forty minutes, and you might be able to hear that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no, excited for no, people to listen to my dumb about, thing I made. We're 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 all about we're all about self promotion here. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, you went outside the box for your second one. I'm going to go outside the box for my second one, which is, and I know this is really just cracking open the the Pandora's box of possibilities. Gary Bettman is never commissioner. Mm. That is the, I think that is a crucial a uh, cornerstone moment in 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 the last fifty years that the league has um, evolved from. I you know again I think any major thing you know if we're talking about I I haven't really watched Doctor Who too much but I have heard them constantly in Doctor Who talk about things called fixed points in time events that can't change and I I feel like that the Batman thing is I wish it was not a fixed moment in time, mm-hmm. given our current understanding of, of space and temporal fluxes and whatnot. Um, I, I, I just wonder what, where we would be if we had, you know, I understand the position of commissioner is to help, uh, you know, the, the owners accomplish what they want to do and, and, and still have, uh, you know, elite to, to cooperate from, but I just, I, Pete, I would just would have loved to have seen if there maybe, just maybe, could have been a commissioner who had at least an iota of a soul <laughs> and 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 awareness and understanding for the 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 other half that that makes this game possible, which is the players. I would even say more than half because they're talking about thirty guys versus the hundreds of players that constantly push themselves to the limit to play at the highest level. And, um, you know, I, I, we're talking about, you know, maybe the, I would love to be maybe talking about a different problem that's played in the NHL. Maybe, maybe in a different universe right now, Pete, we're saying that, oh, geez, you know, because Bettman was never commissioner, the players ran supreme and now player salaries are $35 million per player. But because the league is making X amount, you know, like who knows where we'd be, but all I know is I would love to see what this league would have looked like had 
uh, he not taking over. But granted, him taking over did give us a lot of the great moments. Um, I still look forward to the booing every year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman to present the Comspice Trophy. All the old uh, Chris Chelios barbs in the press that happened between him and Bettman. It, we're not in the worst situation, but I still think things could have been better. Yeah. So that's 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 the thing I would have loved to have changed. It's funny because I know you always talk about um, Simpsons quotes. And oh, as yes. you're bringing up the Gary Bettman is not commissioner, it kind of reminded me of the monkey paw slash Froger episode. You sell toys? We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Froget. That's good. The frogut is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? So, no, I, I think that's a definitely a good one. Um, it would be funny. It's like, Gary Bettman is not the commissioner of the NHL. Ooh, that's good. But Vince McMahon is. Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, 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 Lordy. Um, oh, wow. So for my third one, I have what I, I believe is a really obvious one. And let me explain why. So one year in the Stanley Cup finals, um, I don't remember the year off the top of my head. And I'm not going to look it up right now because I'm talking. <laughs> a relatively young man, young compared to me right now, which is pretty much every NHL player ever, scored a Stanley Cup winning goal. With a part of his equipment in the goaltending crease, namely his skate. And I am, of course, talking about Brett Hall scoring the winning goal for the Dallas Stars. And I would like to go back in time and move his skate two feet back so that there's no controversy. Because if I were able to do that, then there would be no history of controversial calls in the NHL playoffs. And I think we would all agree that that would be a much better world to live in. So that's my third one. Yes. What's yours? That's, that's a, that's a very good one. Um, Oh man. That's, that's something else. Um, uh, oh man, you like you 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 broke you broke my brain with it. <laughs> That's okay. Just, take it back uh, again. All the no, take time. All the all the all the conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the conspiracy theories around it. I'm saying like somebody saw Batman with the refs, yeah. like with like two minutes left in the yeah. game or something. It was Batman by the like, grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who was the second shooter? Hmm. There's 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 uh, that's so much, but. Yeah, I, I would have. Uh, that is definitely a future or a, a universe or a timeline I'd love to see. Um, 
Well, um, I I could be selfish and say, you know, hey, my other moment would be that uh, you know the uh, Lidstrom or Cronwall scores in that in the game seven against yeah, Pittsburgh and Lidstrom because that was the know, other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah like, like where Flurry yeah. saves it yeah, at the very I, end. Yeah, that's one. That's the other yeah, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I w- yeah, I, I could be selfish and say that. I could, I could be selfish and and, and say that. Uh, you know, I, I I really would have liked the um, the uh, oh who was it? Um, who did it? Oh, I I, I really want to be like just a jerk and say how funny would it have been if uh, if the Rangers couldn't have won the guarantee the guarantee oh yeah and just like (laughs) like like just the fallout from that would have been like just tremendous um but i'm gonna get i'm gonna i i wanna i wanna change concussions Mm. in in this league that's that's my that's my third moment there's there's a bevy of other moments that like you know maybe you know hey maybe i i want the you know the, the the kansas city scouts to still be a team or you know, maybe the the Atlanta Flames never move from Atlanta. Maybe it's just so that we could stop talking about like, you know, Atlanta not being a viable place. Whereas, like, it's not that it's not viable. It's just they chose to never actually try and grow the game. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, but I I would say the overall biggest thing from the last fifty years that I would have loved to have changed because maybe we're talking about some players, uh, m- more players than you think being able to have played longer than they could have. Um, it's definitely it's definitely the 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 handling of the concussions. Yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be something that could have been done. You know, maybe even not with the technology, but that's what's so weird. Like we're like, like sometimes like they're just people are just waiting for you know the science to back it up. Where it's like sometimes you don't need the science. Sometimes you're talking to somebody and you can see it. Like all the recent articles with guys who have been recovering from concussions, be Paul Korea or. You know, sadly, most recently, the most recent article with Johan Franzen, where it's like he has trouble remembering people. Yeah. And it's like, I do not need a doctor yeah. to definitively tell me that that was caused by all the head trauma that he was experiencing. Yeah. So, you know, yes, at the end of the day, for either lawyer or or uh, collective bargaining purposes, you know, yes, under the circumstances, yes, I agree. It does need an official type of designation diagnosis everybody to agree on to uh to 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 have it be actually legislated as you know yes this is something the league acknowledges and is this, these are the steps that we take for preventative action da, da, da. but at the same time i don't think it needed to take this long i don't think we needed to wait for the science this yeah. long you know the science was the science was always going to be right so all we've done is waste time so yeah and um so, yeah. just real quick uh since this is our our 50th episode um, at the end, we're going to, you know, give a special thank you to all our guests. But, um, you know, since what Jay was talking about, um, if, you know, go back and listen to episode 43, where we talked to Daniel Carcillo, because obviously he has a lot of interesting stuff to say on that topic. And uh, if you haven't, um, well, number one, you should read Ken Dryden's book, Game Change. But if you if you know, if, if you don't have the time to read an entire book. Uh, he had an article that came out uh, earlier this week that is well worth reading about the subject. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Well, w- with that done, we are going to move on to current hockey. We have the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, Jay, here's an interesting question because we have not talked about this before, um, before we recorded the show. So as we record the show, there have been two games played in the Stanley Cup Finals. 
how many minutes of hockey have you watched in the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, 120 plus minutes of of hockey because Game Two went to went to overtime. So, well, that's good. So you've watched 120 plus. So on average, we've both watched 60 minutes plus because <laughs> I have watched zero minutes. Now, let me let me oh, say oh. something really quickly. Number one, I get up at five o'clock in the morning for school. Uh, well, work. I work at a high school. I'm a teacher, and I can't stay up that late. You know, I mean, I, my normal bedtime is nine o'clock and I know that probably sounds early to most adults, but that's just, you know, that's, that's how it works. Now, a lot of times I can stay up and obviously watch like a first period or something, but this, this final series, I was busy both nights and I have to be honest, I didn't really go out of my way to make time um, <laughs> because if you had told me entering this, uh, you know, entering this season that it was going to be the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup Finals, I would have said, "Okay, wake me up when it's 2019-2020 season." Um, <laughs> I wake yeah. him up yeah. when <laughs> it's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wake me up when this season ends. <laughs> um, yeah. That's uh, that's obviously the Bob Dylan cover okay. of uh, Green Day. So yeah, now <laughs> of Green Day. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> uh, come for the analysis. Yeah. Stay for the stay for the Bob Dylan yeah. impressions. That's that's what wake we me up when December ends. All right, now <laughs> it was um, now now the problem here is we've talked about this before. Um, like the one of the only teams that I cannot root for is Boston. And the reason most of the time is because of Brad Marchand. I just, I cannot root for a team that employs him. He is a tremendous hockey player. He has very high skill. He's a tremendously gifted player. And he's also, in my opinion, one of the worst people in the entire league. Uh, so I have a hard time rooting. Well, actually, I don't have a hard time. I have an easy time not rooting for Boston. <laughs> um yeah, which can be a little bit tough because, like, I do have friends who are very good people who I like a lot, who are Boston fans, who write for Boston, you know, write about Boston for like Nation sites, etc. Um, but I myself cannot root for them. Um, and he is certainly like it, he is. It's so problematic because you're right. There are there are like very cool Boston Bruins fans that they're just they just don't know what to do. They're like, yeah. ah, yeah. how do how do I parse this? Yeah. How do I parse this? How does this get? <laughs> resolve it's like i enjoy his play but oh my god yeah <laughs> so, and yeah. um you know st louis i mean i like some of the players on st louis i i definitely really like vladimir tarasenko uh he's a lot of fun but i don't really care i don't really care too much about st louis um you know just as a fan um now here's the thing i am going to you know, between now and the next episode, I am definitely going to make sure that I watch at least a little bit because uh, I know they're playing tomorrow night, which is a weekend night, which is nice because I can actually stay up because I don't have to get up for work the next day. Um, but it, it's still interesting that all the games are on at eight o'clock, you know, not seven o'clock, not three or five o'clock on the weekends, eight o'clock. And I just think that's a little interesting. But I mean, I don't want to you know, we, we, we got a lot planned for for this episode. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. But um, anyway, it is one one uh, St. Louis won game two uh, in overtime. And so they are going back to St. Louis tied one one. So right now, St. Louis has the advantage in terms of home ice. Um, so 
since I have not watched it, uh, let I'm just going to throw it to you. So what are your thoughts on the Stanley Cup final so far? Well, uh, everything that I've seen from St. Louis has been kind of the way that I like to usually. I like how St. Louis is able to very quickly learn from missteps. Um, the uh, it, it, it's just that's such a un, maybe it is an uh, actually good valued uh, skill that teams could have, and I and I, just people are just have, have varying degrees of being able to execute it. But like game one, it was like yeah, uh, there it, it was almost like a feeling out process for both teams. I mean, at the end of the day, it was you know, like St. Louis went up early and I was feeling pretty good about it. And then like St. Louis just pretty much took every penalty, but like, yeah, it led to the Bruins, you know, finally getting on the board and actually then winning the game. But, you know, I, I won't say it wasn't for not because I think St. Louis, at least going into game two, I don't know about the rest of the series, but at least knowing into game two, they knew what was getting called and they were able to adjust. And I think that helped them tremendously, but the thing that I the thing that I noticed was how in game one the Bruins are definitely slow. They were, I mean, that was they had the layoff. The Blues were obviously jacked from having only had to play recently. So you know the Blues were able to take advantage of that. But you know it's Bruins home ice. They they you know they kind of weathered the storm a bit, even and still being down. And then you know they were they just demonstrated that they are you know they are the team that made it this far. So. Um, but I would say game two was probably a really great window. Like if that's the way both teams could consistently play throughout the series, I will have no problems as long as St. Louis wins. <laughs> Cause I want nothing, I want nothing to do with another freaking Boston championship, especially for uh, a team that uh, like you said, uh, uh, uses uh, the em- employees, Brad Marsh, Marshawn, the rot instead of the rat. He's yes, the rot. exactly. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd say the, the thing that I've, well, the thing that I was really impressed with, and I actually tweeted this out was the way that St. Louis was able to set up a, like set up Gunnarsson for probably the most Nick Lidstrom looking goal that I'd seen since Lidstrom yeah. played the game. Nice. Like that was just a, just a, cl- just the, the game winning goal was this amazing setup on a delayed penalty too. So, you know, that, that I, I'm so, I'm so proud of the blues just being like, you know, hey, figure it out as much as possible while you've got six guys. Because you know, yeah, either way, you're gonna get a you're gonna get the power play in the next up. But you know, that's they. I'm glad that they witnessed and and saw that there the urgency, like it was right there. Like they were like, we can do this right now, and you could just you could just tell they were it was all them, and so they really bounced back very well. So I'm I'm curious to see what Boston's going to do um, going on the road and. You know, I, I think I got to be honest, Pete, the, the, the split, that's probably the best thing that that St. Louis, all they needed to do. Oh, yeah, because now all they have to do is just because I the first the, literally the first timers experience of hosting your first games. I mean, I, I I personally like I remember when I like went to my first game, but we're talking about a franchise that hasn't had final games. Right. For over yeah. 40 years. And you know, now the, the, the tremendous built up 
of uh, you know excitement and and tension and all that stuff. Like that's going to be an electric crowd. Oh yeah. And they were and they and they've already been electric in the first place. So I I think this has been a really you know yeah game one was just kind of like oh all right fine Boston but like the second one I was just like okay the Blues they are not screwing around they 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 watched everything. You know, I don't know if you, you know, I, it's it's tough to see who you give the most credit to. Do you give it to Barubi? Do you give it to the 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 give no f's attitude of Jordan Bennington? Do you do you give it to you know how pretty much in game two, like Tarasenko was an absolute freaking machine, yeah. absolute mach, machine, and it's just they 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 that was a that was the exact type of game you wanted to put together. You know, not every game has to be shutouts, right? All you have to do is just score more than the other guy. Three, you know, that everybody, you know, it's that classic argument, high goal scoring, you know, oh, one, two games, two to one games, you know, not, not fun. This is, this was a great, you know, all the goal scoring happened in the first period, second and third period was just like edge of your seat excitement. And then it goes to overtime and the right play happens. If that's what we get for the rest of the series, I will be happy. Just make sure that it's St. Louis winning. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's all I have. Well, Jay, even though I wasn't able to watch uh, any of the hockey in the Stanley Cup Finals yet, um, I did notice something that I did want to mention um, briefly because, as we talked about off mic, if I were to talk about it a little bit more in depth, it would take up probably 20 minutes of kind of going through everything. So, anyway... Um, for game two of the Stanley Cup finals, which took place in Boston, the Boston Bruins decided to partner with a website called Barstool Sports and not only the website, but their, uh, you know, the, the, the website's president, Dave Portnoy, uh, specifically, and they mentioned him by name. They put his Twitter handle in the, uh, like the press release, et cetera. And I just wanted to talk about number one, how, how, how garbage i think that was um and basically so like i want to try to do this in just a couple minutes so what i'm gonna ask our listeners to do is if they don't understand what i'm talking about if they don't know the references i'm making um it's incredibly easy to find this information with a google search so basically barstool is a sports website that does a lot of stuff uh they do some uh, I guess you could call it pop culture. Um, one of the wonderful things that they do is they rate the attractiveness of women that are accused of sleeping with their students as teachers. So that kind of gives you an idea of the overall kind of genre that they are trafficking in, I guess you could say. Um, but the the reason that I think that they are garbage is because they have a long history of attacking anybody who decides that they are going to uh, say that what they are doing is wrong. Um, And their owner, like I said before, uh, well, their founder, uh, Dave Portnoy, has a history of telling his followers to go after people that uh, counter them online. Uh, so for example, uh, if you remember a few, a few episodes back, uh, I talked about how I was really enjoying listening to a podcast called punch up the jam. And I didn't even realize it was the same person at the time because I had heard of this story. Um, basically the, one of the co-hosts of that podcast, um, made a video, which was, you know, pretty, pretty profane, 
uh, of her singing some really over the top, like NC 17 level lyrics to a song as like a parody. And, you know, people thought it was funny, etc. And basically Barstool took that video and they posted it on their site without credit. They basically took the video and posted it as if it was like somebody contributing to them or something like that. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm not going to take the time to go through the entire story, but you can Google it very easily. Basically, if you Google Barstool Sports Meal, M-I-E-L, which is the name of the, the woman that uh, did the parody version, um, you can just see just how ridiculous they are. Um, and also in the reaction with, uh, you know, fans, with fans being upset about the Boston Bruins partnering with Barstool after uh, all of this stuff has happened for the past few years. There are numerous um, examples online uh, through Twitter, et cetera. It's, it's really easy to find them if you Google, uh, you know, do a Google search for them of the fans in quotation marks of this site, just going after journalists who even questioned, Hey, why did you decide to partner with this group? And surprisingly, they always go after the female journalists, like almost without exception. Um, and so, like I said, I understand if you haven't really been following this, you might be like, oh, what's the big deal? But like I said, take take a couple minutes out of your life, do a Google search, and you will find just how garbage this website is and just how disappointing it is that the Bruins have decided to partner with them. Well said, Pete. All, I, all I'm going to say is, uh, you know, so much for hockey is for everyone with this type of yeah. decision. So I really exactly. hope that they get it out there and show that this is not something that that they should condone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, but 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 now that we've wrapped that up and, 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 and put ourselves in a at least a healthier mindset, knowing that, you know, this is something that we can talk about and be far more uh, aware of and. More importantly, speaking mm -hmm. out about it. Um, yeah, something we actually do <laughs> yeah, to make yeah, a difference. Yeah, we yeah we do. Um, we uh, we we actually wanted to uh, change things up and start uh, listening. Uh, uh, let's move on to some reader questions because we actually haven't had them in a while. Because um, you know, it's uh, I know everybody's busy. You know, we we're not we're not hurt by it at all. I don't sit up crying why nobody submits reader questions as much anymore. I don't sit alone in the dark playing sounds of silence. I don't, <laughs> you know, stare out the window as the sun goes down, questioning my own mortality about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not weird at all. So, uh, Pete, what, uh, what have our glorious listeners, uh, wondered from us yeah. today? Basically we have, we have two, two questions, but I think they're, they're both really good ones. And the first one is from a a listener with the Twitter handle Puck and Bourbon. And this is interesting because I actually know this person's real name. Like we talk a lot uh, on on Twitter uh, through DMs and stuff. And but at the same time, you know, because he decided to to do it through this uh, kind of more anonymous handle, you know, that doesn't have his name attached. I'm obviously not going to to say that. But um, first of all. I just wanted to say to this listener, uh, to my friend, thank you so much for listening and, and for all your feedback over the, you know, the course of this show, because, you know, you've been really supportive, uh, you know, from the beginning. And I really appreciate that. So his question, what is the most important thing you've learned about interview preparation? Interview preparation. Um, well, I, I think it's. Hmm. At least for me, the, the, the one thing I learned was don't 
don't feel like you have to come up with a laundry list of questions because I think based on Peter and I's rapport with the people that we have on, we very rare, very rarely have had to like scramble to come up with stuff. So like in terms of like not sweating, whether or not I have enough questions, that's, that's the one thing that I've learned a bit too, because there there's times where I have like a general thing that I kind of want to ask, but mm. like through the natural fluid conversations that we've had with people, stuff pops up and it's, mm. and it's like it, I'll find a better way to ask something that I did want to ask, but I'll, but I'll have a better or a different or a more succinct way to, to ask it. Hmm. So, so that's, so that's mine. What about you? Yeah, that's good. I think um, I'm going to piggyback off of yours before I get to mine, because um, I, like, I, I definitely do think that that is something I've really, really worked on. Cause I think in the beginning, I had definitely a problem with kind of getting to the point and I rambled a lot in my questioning and like, um, which actually ties into the, my answer. Um, Basically I, you know, kind of like we talked about last episode about how I am definitely a planner. Um, And so I, I kind of feel like in the beginning or, you know, first half or first three quarters or whatever um i would plan so much that i wasn't able to kind of adapt to the interview as it went which is interesting because it's basically what you what you just said uh, you know and so i'd sit down and i'd write down all these questions and i think that's good but sometimes when like sometimes i kind of just had pro- i had a problem just living in the moment and just do, you know, like I would ask a question and then they would say something and I'd be like, oh, oh man, I should have a really good follow-up for that. And I think I've gotten better at that as it goes along. I think I've gotten better at kind of going with the flow as opposed to planning. Um, but I, I will add on to this, which is I, I know not asking the question, but I think the biggest thing that I want to work on in the next 50 episodes is... I definitely think that sometimes I have um, a hard time transitioning where like, let's say you ask a question and I know, you know, cause um, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, uh, Jay and I use uh, the Slack program to kind of communicate with each other while we're doing the interviews, you know, in terms of like, Oh, Hey, uh, you know, I'll, uh, you know, Hey, Hey, that's a good question. I'll ask the next one. Or I got to follow up to the question I just asked or whatever, you know, to kind of keep us from stepping on each other's toes. I think sometimes it's like, okay, Jay asked the question. And I know I'm up next. And like the, the, the interviewee finishes their answer. And I'm like, okay, how do I transition from what they just said to what I want to ask? And I think that's something I definitely want to work on, you know, in the next 50 episodes or so. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I think that's a fantastic question. Um, so Jay, there's, there's one more question. So how about you ask this one? Oh, sure. Um, this one comes from Mike Lon, mm-hmm. right? Am I, mm-hmm. am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. They have, um, well, they have two here. Well, yeah, yeah, they have, they have two. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start with the first one. What is the funniest moment you have experienced while recording the podcast? This mm-hmm. one is hands down for me. Mm-hmm. I think Pete, you already know what I'm going to talk about. It was a, uh, it was a moment where I needed to brush up on my geography <laughs> and, uh, um, and the citizenship of certain players uh, in the national hockey league. Uh, that would be, of course, that, that, w- that would be, of course, Mr. Mats Zuccarello. 
who I thought was uh, from Switzerland, but uh, I was quickly uh, fact-checked by, slash by Felicia on the internet that uh, he is, in fact, played for Norway, right? Is that, yes. is that if I'm remembering that correctly? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he played for the Norse. And um, I ate crow. <laughs> I, I, I actually am really glad somebody pointed out, I swear to crap, their jerseys looked the same, looked very <laughs> similar. Probably it's probably where my eyes went. Um, so yeah, so that so that was mine. Yeah. I, you know, not so much committing the gaff. It was the gaff being noticed by somebody, and not only that, the 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 poetry in which they wrote it. They said, I think something to the effect of the first time I heard it, I was like, "Hey, okay," <laughs> but this can like it was basically this no longer can be ignored. So. Uh, that was that was definitely my yeah. funniest. Moment. <laughs> it, it was um, like Gandalf instead of saying "you cannot pass." Is like this cannot stand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? And again, I, I I figure that like the fiftieth episode is a good time to kind of do a little peek behind the curtain for for some of the listeners. Is I remember based on your response to me reading that reader question, I legitimately thought you were mad at me. Like I legitimately thought because well because here here's how here's how it worked because um Jay had not seen the question and I decided and to be honest I think rightly I decided that I thought it would be funnier to surprise him with it on the podcast as opposed to you know warning him ahead of time hey here's this question blah 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 and it turned out to be like better theater. But I legitimately thought that Jay was mad at me. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like to well, be honest, let, let me for let me long. Like I figured out pretty quickly. Yeah. But like for yeah. probably about like five or ten minutes, I legitimately thought you were mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I retroactively apologized for. Oh no! For you not, have nothing uh, to apologize for. <laughs> for not for not giving you a a, a better indication. Yeah. You know, it, uh, obviously everybody reacts differently, but no, I, I at the time I don't remember being mad. I was just maybe I was more mad at myself, and maybe I was projecting it on you. That's, that's, but that's that's on me. That's that's not on you. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that well, we were able to do that. Um, that's that. What was your what's your um well. What's what's yours, Peter? I I thought about this long and hard, um, because. I have I I'm gonna cheat a little bit and I have two answers and like one of them is kind of like a half answer because it's not like a real answer but the other one is definitely a real answer and I even as long as I can find it which I should be able to I should be able to play the clip so um my half answer is there have been several guests um that we just die laughing talking to each other and some of it i had to go back and like kind of edit out because we were just laughing so hard that it actually like kind of you know blew out the audio a couple episodes ago we got to talk to c from san jose again and i remember both times we talked to her like there were many times we were literally laughing hysterically uh which in our culture where we send texts to say lol meaning laughing out loud where it probably should be like moderate smirk uh you know that is definitely something to be said um but i will say that my my funniest moment and i think it was because of a sense of relief um so again this is going to be a tiny little peek behind the curtain um back oh, i don't even remember what episode it is off the top of my head uh pretty early on i think in the first half 
we got a chance to talk to Ken Daniels, who Jay, you obviously know, you know, you like you, you know him personally. And yes, I have seen him on television, <laughs> you know, and he is somebody that I respect a great deal. Um, in terms of just being a broadcaster, first of all, like I think he is a fantastic broadcaster. Um, I think he does a great job, you know, but also the way he dealt with the death of his son, you know, due to an opioid overdose. And he's gone on to, you know, publicly talk about that on, uh, I don't know if you call it like the lecture circuit or whatever, you know, he's gone, you know, around the country and talked to people about the dangers of opioid addiction and the dangers of some of these places that, that purport to, um, you know, help you get clean and they really are, you know, ways to make money off of insurance, you know, et cetera. Um, so I really admire him on a, on a lot of levels. So I was super nervous to do this interview and we're all ready to go. It was Jay and me and we decided to have JJ from, you know, the Winging at Motown uh, podcast and, and website on uh, since it was obviously Red Wings related. And um, basically we're ready to call him. And so I'm like, okay, I, I got everything set up. We're all good to go. And it was like 30 seconds before we we're supposed to call him. I'm like, I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to like, you know, be professional and I'm going to dial him. And I dial him and it's like, <laughs> and we realized that like we had known ahead of time that he was going to be driving to a wedding in Toronto. And so we're like, oh my God, like we can't hear anything. And so we were able to kind of hear him a little bit, but it was really horrible. And so we, call, you know, he's like, oh, hey, hey, call me back in five minutes. So we call him back and it was the same thing. And uh, then <laughs> uh, basically we were able to get a way to be able to talk to him. Um, but like, I mean, I was like losing my mind. I was so stressed out. And early on in the interview, he made a very dirty joke <laughs> that really kind of broke the tension for me <laughs> and helped me to really be able to, uh, you know, to, to, to do that. Uh, my daughter's away at Michigan State at school. We got a new new puppy, a uh, beautiful golden doodle who's seven months old, and his name is Jack. Aww. So I think Jack Daniels is the perfect name. So <laughs> <how about that? laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. So, you know. I, I am very careful, though, when he's up on the couch, I make sure to say Jack down rather than Jack off. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, and it just kind of put me at ease. And so, like, that's like the, the funny moment that I definitely remember. That is a good one. And uh, I remember our Slack chat being like, well, didn't expect that, but that's just great. That's perfect. Um, all right. So uh, our last uh, questionino is uh, from the same person. Um and they are asking, with the recent events in both Westeros and the World Championships, should Larkin be named Captain Larkin the Broken? <laughs> and uh, you, sir, need to take those negative mm. vibes out of mm. your mouth, because uh, I, I would not, I would not call him Larkin the Broken. Maybe I call him Larkin the Recovering, uh, Larkin the Healing. Uh, Larkin the Reborn, I would I would say, but I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't call him Larkin the Broken because that means. He's I not mean, playing. you know what? I would. That's just a terrible thought. I would, and maybe this is just from uh, past and future for sure guest uh, Joshvina Shaw. So apparently today she had the the full day to watch, not one, not two, but all three of the Lord of the Rings extended version 
movies and she watched them back to back um and because of that i think it has got to me in the mindset that i think that larkin should be called narsil because that was from lord of the rings (laughs) jared he knows that was the blade that was broken uh that was reforged for aragorn um so i think that that makes sense to uh call him that all right, for our next segment here, we wanted to give you a, a, a neat little quick, you know, episode 50 specific thing. And we thought through the 50 years of, of, of the NHL. Uh, it's funny how the only goals that have been scored by goalies uh, started with Billy Smith in the 1979, 1980 uh, 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 season. I don't know if that's just because they. I find it very hard to believe that no other goaltender before that uh, scored a goal. Maybe that's the case, but I will just leave it up to the sands of time to decide that. But uh, I recently was thinking about all the times that a goalie scores a goal. You know, it doesn't happen often, but the times that it has happened, it has been, you know, pretty spectacular and fun and and, and engaging. Um, But I was thinking to myself, you know what, with all of the, with the history of the goal scoring goalies, um, I wanted us to make uh, an all goalie, starting lineup. I think that there is enough here for us to mess around with and, and come up with what we think our starting starting six would be. So um, Pete and I are just going to kind of rapid fire from the list because uh, there's a, I think there's a clear favorite of who should be the lead goal scorer, but I think maybe Pete and I have different thoughts about the players themselves. um, So Jay, Jay, just um, really, really quickly, because while you were, while you were talking, I, I decided to scroll a little bit back further into the article and apparently there are some recorded instances of goaltenders scoring goals involving them rushing to the un- other side of the rink. It occurred generally in the early days of ice hockey around 1900. So other than that, you know, like, like back oh, in the day that okay. used to happen. And then other than that, these are the yeah. recorded goal scorers. Okay. So continue on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So Pete and I, you know, we've looked at the list. Uh, thank you to Wikipedia for keeping track of this as you are a sterling example of accurate information. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, Pete, uh, you know, in no particular order and in no particular position, uh, leading, uh, who, who's your first pick to, for your starting. All right. Well, I actually thought that this one was pretty easy because I am going to go from the, back to the front and I'm going to go with Martin Brodeur in goal because he has scored not one, not two, but three goals. And so since he is back in goal, he has the best chance to score a goal from the goalie position on the team. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because my pick is also Brodeur, but not, not in net because because of that goal scoring prowess, I need him mm-hmm. everywhere on the ice. So he's he's going to be my he's going to mm-hmm. be my starting center. So um, so that's so that's who I'm picking there um, because I will then piggyback off of sure. my pick. Uh, I would like I I would like my uh, goaltender uh, to be uh, okay. Billy Smith. I think I think just there's just I've always held Billy Smith in this like ridiculous regard because of the 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 mm. early 80 dynasty that he was a part of because i was just thinking like man how how cool is it that this guy 
is part of this magnificent team, but then also he gets to have the first critical. So I feel like he's got his head on on his shoulders really, yeah, really well. So uh, Billy Smith is my is my starting goaltender, and we're talking about these are we're picking these guys, uh, you know, using the Infinity Stones to pick them out of their time, yeah, lines to yeah. at their prime. So you know, we're talking Apex Billy Smith, Apex well, Martin Brodeur. I will say, like, you know, what's really interesting is like looking at this table on Wikipedia. Billy Smith is the only goaltender to score a goal in a game that his team lost. Which shows the gumption it takes, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that, <laughs> yes. that your team yeah. lost. You still got it. Yeah. Since we are piggybacking, I'm going to piggyback off of you, and I'm going to take Billy Smith, but okay. I'm going to put him at defense because anybody who knows Billy Smith knows that his nickname was Battling Billy Smith. And the reason why is because he would use his stick to whack the ankles of anybody who deigned come near his crease. And so I think that would make an excellent defenseman. Um, now I will continue on and follow over to the other side of my defense. And I will have Chris Osgood mm. as my other defenseman. And the reason is because while I have Billy Smith using his stick to slash the hell out of anybody who comes there, Chris Osgood is going to stare into their soul <laughs> and he is going to destroy them with his gaze. So what do you got? <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, I will, I will now pick my, my, uh, my uh, uh, defensive tandem. Uh, I will be putting uh, a Mr. Evgeny Nabokov and I will also take Mr. Ron Hextall. Those are my two defensemen. Uh, Big guys, big dudes. I feel like that that could play yeah. very well for for being on defense. So, um, uh, and 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 Hextall, uh, he's probably going to be the offensive defenseman of that tandem because he himself has scored uh, two goals in his illustrious career. So, um, that's so that's yeah. that's my defensive core. Let's let's start hearing some of your forwards. All right, so I guess I should go two, right? Two yeah, of them. Yeah. All right, so I am going to go with Ron Hextall as my center, Ooh, okay. um, which is interesting because it's it's for kind of similar reasons to what you said with having Brodeur as your center because he scored twice, um, and plus I think he has uh, you know he has a tiny little bit of screw loose, and I think he would basically be all over the ice chasing down the puck, trying to win the, every single puck battle so that he could put the puck in the net. And along the same lines, my left wing is Mike Smith because he is exactly the same. He will do whatever it takes to try to get the puck. And if he can't get it, he will slam his stick on the goal, on the referee, on the defenseman, on the popcorn salesman, <laughs> whatever he has to do. He will slam his stick so that he can show his displeasure. Now, I have one more left, but before I get to mine, what do you have? Uh, my right winger is uh, going to be Mr. Chris Osgood. Um, I need I need that stare down tactic uh, when playing against the other team because that's going to screw up your forwards a lot. Um, so he's he's going to be he's going to be my right winger. And then um, do you want me to do my last one or do you want to do your last one or what, what do you hmm. what, what do you think? Go right, for it, right? bud. So and then rounding out my yeah. uh, my top six is going to be Mr. Cam Ward. So uh, I, yeah. I really enjoy his style of play. I think he's a he's a real finesse guy, and uh, you know it's um, it's always good when you can score on the New Jersey Devils, which is what he did. So that's uh, yeah, that's good. 
Well, let's see. Um, my last one is Evgeny Nabokov. And the only reason I chose him is because I kind of ran out of people to choose. I didn't really care anymore. <laughs> and uh, I'm an English teacher, and Nabokov uh, wrote a very famous novel. So that's pretty much Wow. It. <laughs> Just like that yep. famous book by Nabokov. That's right. That don't is stand, entirely Don't it. stand so close to me. So there you go, kids. That's your that's your old goalie uh, lineups from us. Uh, I I think Peter, we should have found. We should probably find a way to uh, set that up in um, in NHL nineteen somehow. Maybe just name players. Ooh, that would be we fun. Should, we'll figure that out. Obviously, one yeah. of them can obviously still be goalie with the goalie equipment, but who knows. Um, so, but uh, we also wanted to uh, do a little throwback because, as is the case with any program, Peter, some segments stick, other segments take a little bit of extra time and maybe fall by the wayside. So we wanted to bring one back, and uh, Peter is uh, just a champ, just a straight-up champ in putting this thing together. I'm excited for you to hear it. So, Peter, why don't you introduce your your little your little, uh, your little story <laughs> story time. Well, one of my favorite segments of the show is one that we've kind of done in a couple different ways, uh, and it's called Puck Tales. Um, I thought that this was going to be a really funny uh, kind of improv, like like uh, we were recorded live uh, type show, you know, type segment. And it's not that I don't think it worked. I just don't think it worked as well as I wanted it to. And... A little while back, I decided to record a different version of it that was kind of a parody of, um, you know, your your kind of like true crime podcast with like, you know, the very serious voice and all the music and, you know, the the, the mood music, etc. Um, and I was thinking that this is going to go viral. Everybody's going to love it. And some people definitely did love it. Like we got a lot of positive feedback for it, but, um, you know. I thought it would be like maybe a little bit uh, more popular, but no matter what I decided that I wanted to do another one. And the problem with this segment, as much as I love it, is that it takes a long time. Uh, it takes a long time to plan. It takes a long time to, to record and produce, etc. cetera. Um, but basically puck tales, what it is now is it is, like I said, a parody of these kind of true crime podcasts of like, how did this actually happen? Where we talk about a famous event in NHL history and we tell you the absolutely true story of what really happened that we have not in any way made up or invented. Absolutely. And so we bring to you the puck tales story of what really happened on Patrick Waz last night in Montreal. Long before Daft Punk was up all night to get lucky, athletes have stayed up too late the night before a game. For a long time, these late-night escapades centered around alcohol and one-night romances. More recently, however, NHL players have lost sleep due to playing popular video games, such as Fortnite. Before we get to some, some Leaf stuff, I saw that Bo Horvat was on TSN Radio in Vancouver getting grilled about Fortnite on the road. Yeah, they banned it. 
Why is it only Vancouver that's so obsessed with Fortnite, though? I don't sense that any other market is like. By the way, how are you going to ban that? How are you? What are you going to do? Well, I think a lot of these guys. I had read and heard that these guys in their suitcases bring the machine and that, but then they're buying extra TVs. Line A, Line A, and Ehlers uh, bought TVs in various places where they and didn't have. They just leave them there. But what if I told you that this wasn't a new phenomenon? What if late-night video game sessions have been going on for years, decades even? Would you believe that a video game is the real reason for one of the craziest stories in NHL history? On December 6, 1995, Montreal goalie Patrick Waugh played his last game for the Canadians. You think you knew what happened, but here's the real story. Enforcer Donald Brashear was known for fighting, but he also had an addiction. An addiction for a black plastic controller with a D-pad and six buttons. He couldn't stop playing NHL 94 for Sega Genesis. Even though a newer version was out, Brashear didn't want to move on from the game he'd spent countless hours perfecting. He had recruited a group of players that largely consisted of the Montreal Defense Corps to play with him on road trips. While the rest of the team would frequent bars and other establishments, Brashear's new crew would stay up until all hours of the morning trying to beat him. No matter what they tried, they couldn't stop Jeremy Roenick. And Brashear always played as Chicago. The morning of December 6th, Patrick Waugh left his hotel room to get some breakfast. As he walked down the hall, he saw three of his defensemen walking towards their hotel room. When they saw Waugh, they tried to hide what they were carrying. But Patrick saw... Sega Genesis controllers. He was livid. We have a game tonight, he yelled. They avoided eye contact and pushed past him. As Waugh passed Brashear's hotel room, he heard the muffled strains of fake organ music. He realized that the rest of his defensemen were still playing. When the game started, Detroit jumped out to a quick lead. When Detroit piled on the goals in the first period, Waugh could not hide his frustration with his defense. For the first time ever, we have enhanced audio from ice level. Able to get loose now. Kozlov, yes. Yes. Now I know I brash always beats you. When a goaltender does that, it's like he's blaming his defense for it. After a few more goals, Waugh stopped a slap shot from the blue line. Better off 65 feet. Waugh the save. Gets oh, the oh baby, look at him. Oh, boy. Got to get the hands up in the air. That's not the thing to do. No. Everyone thought that Waugh was simply expressing annoyance at his defense. But there was more to it. When he threw his arms up in the air in faux celebration, he was actually imitating Brashear, who stood up after every goal he scored in NHL 94. After he was finally pulled, Waugh walked past coach Mario Tremblay and said something to team president Ronald Corey. While the story goes that Waugh said he had just played his last game in Montreal, the newly uncovered enhanced audio shows that he said one more thing. Mario Tremblay just said something to Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh leaned over and spoke to the president Sega of the Canadian organization. And so, while completely unintentionally, 
Jeremy Roenick helped to bring about the end of the Patrick Waugh era in Montreal. And that's another Puck Tales. Peter, once again, you amaze me with the uh, production value you put into Puck Tales. And uh, at some point, I would love to bring it back maybe again for all the other true stories that uh, we uncover as we do our research for these fun episodes. So um, we've reached the end of episode 50. Did I think we'd get this far? Absolutely. I have ultimate confidence in us, but I won't want to speak for you too, Pete. This is always a fun little adventure. I was uh, honored and happy to, uh, to, to start uh, recording this with you, but uh, there's our side of things, but then we also wanted to take this moment at the end of our 50th episode to give a little shout out to everybody who tolerates us. Yes. To, <laughs> to all the uh, uh, angelic souls that decided to put their, their careers, their credibility, their <laughs> everything mm-hmm. on the line to listen to uh, two schmoes, uh, um, ask them questions about uh, the their profession and the sport that we also uh, love to hate and hate to love and ultimately very much love. So um, I personally wanted to lead off by saying to to every like person who came on and dealt with me uh, being absolutely non-serious for most, <laughs> for most of the time. Cause I'd like to think that Peter has very well thought out straightforward stuff. And then I kind of, you know, bring in a little bit of a, um, an, a, a, a looseness, a, 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 a top button unbuttoned flavor to, uh, some of the, uh, uh, conversations that we've brought. And I realized that it's not everybody's cup of tea. So, um, I'd like to, you know, once again, thank everybody for putting up with, uh, you know, uh, a unique style of uh, trying to uh, ask questions. And and uh, for all the times that I just needlessly quote movies, I can't really apologize. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. That's just the way I am. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you, Petey? Well, um, I am going to say thank you, obviously, to the listeners. Um, and obviously also to you for... for um, uh, I'm trying to think, like, did we ever talk about the actual origins of this podcast on, on the podcast? I, I, I'm trying I mean, to remember. Maybe, I think maybe. maybe early on. Yeah. But it's been a long time. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do the quick version because I, I do think it's important. Um, so basically I had been hosting uh whim radio or appearing on whim radio for a while at the time. And, I was finally able to go to Detroit with my wife. Uh, we were able to go see uh, a couple games at the Joe Lewis Arena during the last season because, you know, we wanted to make sure that we got a chance to go there before uh, the building closed. And uh, during that trip, I talked to JJ and I told him about an idea that I had for an NHL podcast because I, I, I really like listening to other ones. Um, Definitely at the time, Puck Soup with uh, Greg Wyshynski and Dave Lozo. Um, Biscuits with Dave Lozo and uh, Sean McIndoo. Um, And then at the time, it was Merrick versus Wyshynski with Jeff Merrick and Greg Wyshynski. Um, And I really wanted to do that. Like, I thought that that maybe I could do it and I wanted to try it. 
And JJ was so supportive. And he basically is just like, just let me know what you need. And the hardest thing at the time was trying to find a co-host because I obviously wanted to be somebody who I could, you know, have good chemistry with, uh, et cetera. And um, interestingly enough, on that trip, uh, as fate or kismet or whatever you want to call it would have it, um, we were getting ready to go see the second game. And a young man named Jay Tui walked into a Greek restaurant where we were about to get some flaming cheese delivered to our table. <laughs> And he sat down. And so that was my first introduction to Jay. And um, like, it's kind of interesting to think it's kind of like that, you know, sliding doors world where, you know, what if for some reason we had to leave early and I never met you? Um, you know, it's very, it's a very good question. And it's one that exactly that we don't have to change because it happened. Yeah. Right. And I mean, to like, to, to be honest, I mean, we only we only met each other for about a half hour that first time. Yeah, you know, so it wasn't that 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 far away from not it's meeting. All we need, it's all we needed, Pete. It's all we needed. Yeah, <laughs> and so basically, like you know, like that, that's the important part. But the short version is that um, you know Jay and I discovered that we both like playing uh, EA NHL hockey games and other games. So we started playing, you know, talking to each other on Xbox Live, etc. And I was like, hey, I think that this could work. And so we decided to try it out. And um, Jesus. Man, almost two years later, here here we are. So, um, I obviously feels, wanted to thank feels you. Like 10. Feels like yeah. 10. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank you, thank JJ. Um, but before we sign off, I definitely wanted to thank our guests, and I know obviously you're on the same page here. Um, we had actually talked about doing an elaborate version of this, and then we realized that with all the guests we've had, it would just be way too hard and take hours of preparation. Uh, and we do prepare for the podcast, but we can't prepare that much. So, um, you know, thank you very much to everybody who's been on our show uh, once, twice, or even three times. Um, yeah, and thank you again for coming on in the future. We'll, we'll preemptively yeah. say that too. <laughs> yeah. And before I get to the part where I do the rote memorization, which actually I do record every single time. Uh, I know it probably sounds pretty similar, but I do record it live every single time where I talk about our Twitter and Facebook, et cetera. Um, I've done it so many times that it's just like, you know, memory. But before I get to that, um, I did want to give you a little preview. We were supposed to record last weekend. Uh, that was supposed to be episode 50. But what we're going to do is next weekend, as scheduled, we're going to have a very special draft preview. And we are going to have not one, not two, but three special guests. Um, two of them are returning and one is a new champion. And he is going to be somebody that you're, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Wingin' and Motown, the website, you're definitely going to want to listen to. So we are going to have uh, Dylan Galloway from Future Considerations, one of the preeminent draft uh, websites in the, you know, in the world. We are going to have Will from the website Scouching, uh, who is definitely, you know, since the time we talked to him, you know, probably before too, he has really developed a very good reputation as a uh, preeminent uh, prospect reporter. And we are going to have Dr. Dangles. Um, now, here's the interesting thing is I actually know his name, but I don't know if he wants to go by it. So uh, Dr. <laughs> Tangles from the Winging It in Motown website, who has done a lot of prospect reports, he is going to be on the roundtable as well. And so we're going to have all three guests on at the at the same time. Our entire episode is going to be devoted to the draft next week. So if you're wondering, hey, you guys haven't talked about the draft. It's coming up. What's going on? Guess what? Next week, all <laughs> drafts, all the time. 
Big money, no whammies, and stop. No whammies and stop. Hmm. Love it. Hmm. Well, so, Pete, that's, yeah. uh, that wraps us Sorry. up, and I'm excited <laughs> for us to get uh, to get the, the everything under the roof. So 50 down, 5,000 more to go? <laughs> exactly. What, yeah. um, as always, where can, uh, where can our lovely listeners find our nonsense? Well, it's a good thing you asked, Jay. Because if they're on Twitter, they can follow me at P Flynn Hockey. They can follow you at the Roar underscore twenty four. Uh, they can follow the podcast at two hundred foot pod. That's two zero zero F T P O D. Now, to be honest, we haven't tweeted in a while, and I'll be honest, why? <coughs> when I log into that account, for some reason, the way Twitter is set up is it says like, "Hey, you have like fifty notifications." And it's like. Hey, did you know what down goes Brown tweeted? It's like, no, like, I mean, that's cool, but like, that's not a notification. So, um, yeah. uh, basically we haven't really used that very much lately. Uh, we should probably get back into that, but, um, just in case, if you're wondering why we haven't tweeted too much, um, definitely, I would say at, at the time, you know, I would say definitely right now, follow me and Jay, uh, like you'll, you'll get all the information there, but if you're on Facebook, you can follow us, um, on facebook.com slash for sure pod that's f-e-r-s-u-r-e-p-o-d and if you want to get some merchandise you can go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt which is f-e-r-s-h-i-r-t um, and you can find all sorts of merchandise for us um so you know i'm trying to think of uh let's see what 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 holiday is coming up father's day right in june father's day you want to get your dad a for shirt pillow guess what you can do it it's awesome i actually have one my dog loves it. Um, <laughs> my dog has destroyed every cushion in our couch, and she has not torn up this pillow. So that tells you something, right? Yes. Yeah. So like I said, come back next week for episode 51. And actually, two weeks after that is going to be our second anniversary episode, episode 52. How about that? Woo! For sure. 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 For sure.